Howdy, everyone. Welcome to a special Christmas episode. Well, it is Christmas. Uh, the episode itself has to do with, um, um, well, a colonoscopy of all things. Ryan tells us about uh, his upcoming colonoscopy and really about how the prep is so much worse than the actual um, the actual event. So he talks about that. We talk about all sorts of stuff as per usual. Um, and we just wanted to say thanks for sticking with us for these last few months. We are going to be heading into the new year and we've got more episodes. So I hope you're with loved ones. Um, if you need to reach out, we're always around. Um, we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you do, uh, celebrate. And please enjoy episode 14. Thanks. Surprise! This is the Surprise You Have Cancer podcast. Here are your hosts, Shane Twardoon and Ryan Hoban. Okay, here we go. We're back with another episode and uh, we were just talking about where we are and what what sort of the uh, where we are with your updates. So last time we found out that the aorta cancer was gone. You could not see it on the PET scan, um, but you found a second sort of tiny lump in your colon above the other cancer. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, so basically it's not the end of the world because they're going to take out an extra little bit of my of my bowel when they go and take out the tumor. So it's not really uh, it's not a huge deal. Um, yeah, it's funny. I've been uh, I've just been having trouble kind of distinguishing between podcast and real life, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Not not that they're different. It's just uh, yeah, I'm not losing my mind. Oh, I mean, like, uh, I am fairly insane. But I think that that's normalish. Uh, never mind. We'll but we talk, it. we talk, and then we record. Uh, like, um, and then we that podcast comes out, and it's like a week ahead. And then you're also telling us updates, like personally. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I'm like when I called you. That's why I was like, dude, can you call me because I got to figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I just didn't. Like, I thought I was just finding it hard to distinguish. Like, did I tell everybody about the aorta, or did I do it on the podcast? Like, and then it's kind of funny because like I told like a bunch of friends about the aorta stuff. Yeah. um and how it was gone but uh, i didn't tell some people and it wasn't it was all just random it wasn't like based on some hierarchy of how much i like a friend or how much you know what i mean like yeah it just uh it just it was the way it turned out because i got tired of like of having to send out the text i sent out like the same text like 50 times and had people coming or texting me back and it just became pretty overwhelming. And so sorry to the people that I love out there that uh, I didn't tell about the uh, aorta cancer going away just because uh, it just became overwhelming to have to deal with a lot of uh, a lot of people well wishing me. And that's a good problem to have, really. It's just, uh, you know, I just it felt overwhelming. So anyway, yeah. no offense to anybody. But you must have to repeat. um you know, updates to people a lot. Like, you know, you're saying kind of the same thing to, you know, everybody in your life. And there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. It's weird. It kind of feels um, like disingenuous by the end of it. Like, 
the first couple of people I told, like I got like quite, quite emotional and stuff and I felt great. And then by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, the aorta cancer is gone. Yeah. It looks like I might actually survive cancer anyway. Uh, yeah, I'll take a double, double. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's just, it's such a strange feeling because I'm so appreciative of all the love and compassion and caring that I've been receiving and, and stuff. It's just, yeah, it can be really, uh, it can be really tough sometimes to just like kind of be there for everybody and kind of reassure everybody. And I've been kind of discovering that with, especially with the podcast, it's like with the amount of people it's reaching and stuff, it's like, it can be tough to, you know, be the guy who's, who's sick and, and who everybody cares about, you know, it, it that sounds kind of weird, but that's kind of, where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's interesting because you um obviously if this wasn't happening, you would just have your family and your friends and close people that would know, but with this and there's like hundreds of people listening or whatever mm. and they're checking in and <clears throat> I guess it's kind of like doing a play after you've done it, you know, you've done the same play like 45 times, the lines kind of lose their meaning. You have to try to find a way to you know stay in the character or whatever but like yeah i i kind of feel that way but i also like i want everybody to 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 be clear i want to be clear about this like i love when people check in i love when people reach out and stuff like that so please to the people that are listening like don't stop doing that because it makes me feel really good and i feel like that's one of the reasons why i've maintained like such a good attitude when yeah uh dealing with this stuff it's just sometimes it gets overwhelming and i guess like I get easily overwhelmed lately and I think it has to do with to the fact that like I'm I'm in constant pain still I'm still pooping like so many times a day it might not be enough like to get the poop that's inside of me out like there might still be a bunch in there like as soon as I'm done eating I feel quite ill like I just had a, a couple of slices of toast and to be honest like 15 sours uh but uh <laughs> um, sours like sour candies oh but, okay. uh, yeah but as soon as i'm done eating pretty much anything i mean i get what i deserve with the sours like i should you know i'm a grown-ass man like i should lay off the sour keys um but uh <laughs> anyway yeah um i don't even remember what i was oh yeah i get sick like as soon as i'm done eating anything i get like really an intense pain in my stomach and it and it just kind of sucks and and so it makes me like just kind of overwhelmed and yeah man well you you were saying last time that your doctor said you had fos syndrome which means you're really bunged up so that's still happening you're still working through that it is you're on some metamucil or something right yeah, I was on like a Restorlax and I had to stop taking it because it was really like it got rid of the pain. So I was not I was pooping so much that like I like because apparently like the pain was coming from not uh, being bunged up. Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. Um, so that that medication like got rid of it. But uh, it's been really hard because uh, I can't live a life where I'm going to the washroom every five minutes every for the rest of my life you know what i mean like i like it took like two and a half hours to get through like an hour show with my parents because i kept having to be like okay gotta pause that i gotta run to the washroom 
So, and they've been super understanding, but I know that it's probably quite irritating, especially because I'm getting up at like three in the morning and four in the morning and five in the morning to use the washroom and my bedroom's upstairs so they can hear me tramping around. Um, which yeah. is why I'm going to be taking my um, colonoscopy prep medication at my house because it's one floor. I can be on my own. And it's really, really awful. So I'm sorry to the people that um, I've inspired to get a colonoscopy um, because the prep sucks. But it is worth it. it I would say uh, it's better than getting cancer. So go and get it, everybody who hasn't gotten it done. But yeah, just be forewarned, the prep sucks. Um, so you're saying that stuff is like drinking windshield wiper fluid and you've got to drink how much of it? Four liters of it. And it came in a windshield wiper fluid jug. <laughs> I what color is it? It's just powder. So it's like, it's a oh. windshield wiper fluid jug. I swear to God, it's so silly. And then you get a like, Canadian tire, right? Yeah, I got it in the fluid section. <laughs> the car section, right. <laughs> in the car section. It's in a weird, uh, weird spot, but yeah. Yeah, my doctor's actually a mechanic. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, uh, so, um, there's like a, an inch and a half of powder at the bottom of it. And then you fill it up full of water. I haven't actually taken this one before. This one's like a, for the 48 hour process. Uh, the one I had before was only a 24 hour and it was a nightmare. So, and so is it just a, like a, a, a um, super laxative? Yeah, it's like a super laxative. It really just like, it just clears you out and it's so uncomfortable. There's a lot of like, uh, like cramping and a lot of just like anxiety about you know getting to the washroom in time even though it's only 20 feet away it's it's pretty gnarly and the fact that i can't eat anything like starting tomorrow at 8 at 8 45 in the morning i'm on like a clear liquid diet only or uh, a clear broth or bl uh, black tea with no sugar or cream and i like i, I drink my tea with like milk and sugar like a english person mm -hmm. like uh, from england um and so yeah it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a nightmare two days two and you a half got, so you you've got to just drink clear broth and take this windshield wiper fluid for 48 hours that's it yeah for 48 holy hours. moly yeah, and it sounds like drinking four liters of fluid uh, over the course of the, this amount of time is easy, mm. but it's not because you've it tastes so bad. It's like salt. It's like seawater, kind of like a grape tasting seawater. Can you just do you do it in like little shots, or how do you? What's your method? You gotta do it in like big gulps. So I'm gonna keep it at room temperature, and like every I gotta. Like every hour I have to take like big, big gulps of it and then just wait for it to just clear me out. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough couple of, couple of days. But the good news is, is it, uh, I'm going to, my, my folks are taking me out or going to buy out dinner on that Thursday after the, uh, after the process is done, if I'm feeling up to it. And uh, and then things are going to be pretty smooth, hopefully, from now till Christmas. Uh, I, I'm hosting a Hoban family uh, little party at my place uh, that I did last year. So hopefully the prep for that will be all over. And I'm making my famous mulled wine, as, as you know about. And, of course. Uh, 
yeah, so that's it. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of waiting for this nightmare 48 hours to start. And, uh, and I'm just going to go from there, I guess. So that's, so that's tomorrow morning. You start Thursday mornings, the colonoscopy. Yeah. And then after that, that's when they're going to say, okay, we're going to move into surgery and give you a date. Is that what's happening? Yeah. That's surgery mode time. Hopefully I'm going to knock on wood uh, again, just in case case but i'm still waiting for the surgeon from moncton to get back to me so i called my surgeon here and said hey i haven't heard anything yet and so she's gonna go on like get on the case hopefully so they just have to make sure that everything is like that i'm everything can come out of me because it's they can't really do the surgery until there's no more poop inside of me oh i see i see yeah no matter how rough this colonoscopy is like i want it to be kind of a terrible experience because it means that everything is going to be outside out of me and well that's a good way to look at it then so like yeah the more it sucks the better it's going to be for your so so then you'll have to go into surgery right away instead of getting like refilled up with with poop like (laughs) you know i'm not sure but i don't they're not going to wait i mean they're not going to um like rush me in because they just can't because i still have to have like uh I still have to have a consultation with the surgeon, the new surgeon in Moncton, and then I have to wait for them to give me a date. Because it's moving fast, but now it's kind of like slowing down a bit, I think that there's probably no way I'll be able to get this surgery before Christmas. I would say probably early in the new year now. That's my guess. You like everything we've been through. It's always just wait a little longer than you think initially and kind of push things get pushed. Um. Okay, well, how do you feel about that mentally? Is that a are you in a good space right now? Yeah, I'm in a pretty good space. It's um, I'm just kind of a little apprehensive about being put under because you know, in, secretly in my heart, I think that I won't wake up again. I'll just be like something will happen. And yeah, that's normal. Yeah, I've never actually been put under except once when I was when I broke my shoulder in grade four. Oh, so, yeah. So that was the only yeah. time I was put under. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm worried about it. And it's, it's funny because I went to the, uh, psychologist on Friday. Good. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. And it was a really like smooth, it was, it was just fun kind of like, she Mm. just was like, okay, go ahead. Tell me about yourself. And so, you know, like every good Leo, I got to talk about myself for like, you know, an hour and, uh, and it was pretty fun. You know, we covered a lot of stuff that I talked about in the podcast and talked about, you know, this and that. But it's funny. I ended up I, I didn't really go to any deep seated places, which which is totally fine. I didn't like, you know, it's it, it's not like I wanted to go there. But yep. I ended up going to a, a place that like I didn't think I was going to go. And it I went to uh, we started to explore my like deep seated fear of going to hell. And it's funny because when I, I guess I'll get into this here now because I'm not embarrassed by it or anything, but when I was a kid, I went to this Bible camp in New Brunswick in Fredericton called Sandy Cove. I don't mind mentioning it. It's still open to this day. And you know what? Uh, I don't like what they do there. So I don't mind mentioning their names. Uh, Anyway, um, I went once with my nanny, uh, God rest her soul. She is a lovely human, a deeply, deeply religious woman. 
Um, so I went with her and I had a ball. It was very Jesus-y, and, uh, but of course it's a Bible camp. And she, uh, and she's a Baptist, like, and I'm talking like a, as Baptist as it gets, like fire and brimstone and a lot of like, you know, a lot of talk about what happens in the afterlife and it, and I'm not saying anything bad about her because I love her to death. She, she was one of my favorite people. Yeah. But Baptists is that Baptists are, they're ex- pretty extreme with like the fear of uh, dying without accepting their way of thinking is going to yeah. straight to hell. And yeah, exactly. So that, that the first week I went there with my nanny, uh, it was amazing. Had a tons of fun, met tons of friends and like, you know, I was like, I think I was probably like 10, you know, I had my first crush on this on a girl that was there and it was just an awesome time. And then the second time um, I went without any adults and that's when things got funky. And I think that that now that I think about it, I think that it was done purposely that way, that the people that work there that are in charge um purposely make it more intense when there's no adults around to be like hey this is getting a little crazy so basically while i was there um i was in like a a little bunk with like five other kind of people um from fredericton and then an older teen like uh maybe 16 or something was staying in there with us and his job was to make sure we didn't like fuck around which we tried to as hard as we could because it was like a couple of real metal heads I was with and they got their tape seized, which was pretty sweet. Like they brought a bunch of like, not even metal. Like they brought like an Aerosmith tape and a ZZ top and an Ario Speedwagon tape. And this guy like got like thought for sure that it was satanic music and like took it away from him. And, and then he never got it back. What a dick move. No, I remember that era. I had a friend whose whose dad smashed his uh Guns N' Roses records and like all, <laughs> Van Halen and everything. It was there was an era, this would have been what early 80s or something or mid 80s. I, I would say, yeah, I'd like Late maybe 80s? 80, 87 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because one of the dudes that I met who was in my, like one of my bunk mates, he turned out to be super gay at, like later on in life. And I ran into him and he was very flamboyant. His, I forget his name. Actually, I know his name. I'm not going to say it though. Um, and uh, when I went to stay with his parents after uh, the Sandy Cove week, because um, we maintained a friendship, I remember we watched this documentary about playing records backwards. And then his dad played a metal record, an ACDC record backwards and live, like for real. And was uh, like really trying to hear some satanic messages. And he did hear them. We didn't like, I was like, I don't know. That's like, like that stuff. And then he's like, look, they just said hail Satan there or something. It was so strange. Um, yeah weird weird stuff anyway so i'm at this bible camp and uh over the course of the week things got more and more intense and so it started off being like some contests and like some art stuff and going swimming and then you go to church uh twice a day like some ceremonies and then i got to like three times a day you're going to church and then at the end it was like almost non stop church like for kids and they convinced me to to get saved almost forcibly because everybody else was accepting Jesus into their heart and I remember like the main dude would walk into the mess hall because there's like 200 kids like all eating dinner at the same time he would walk in and it would be like uh like a mixture of like 
being scared and like awe. Like this figure would walk in and yeah. he would like he would give this little speech and he'd give a little talk and then everybody would be going crazy and then he would be like, "Who's getting saved today? Who's not saved?" And like, and then finally, I put up my hand and he and he I accepted Jesus into my heart and he saw, gave me an autographed Bible and like people were crying and it was like really intense mm-hmm. and like I was like 11 years old or something like that at the time it was like so gnarly but then they all the adults tried to con- they they knew that my parents weren't Christians uh, um, and they tried to convince me to go live with other people that were Christians because they were going to go to hell and that when they were in hell, I'd never see them again. And if I lived with them, I'd end up getting going to hell. And it was a lot of hell stuff. It really blew my mind and made me to this day super scared of going to hell. And on the drive home, I remember my parents came and picked me up. My mom came and picked me up. I think I don't, I, it's, it's a little hazy, but, uh, and I remember like breaking down because I thought that they were going to go to hell and I'd never see them again. It was just like really traumatic. And then I know this is kind of long winded, but then it's funny because when I was talking to the psychologist, psych, psychologist, yeah. Um, she was just trying to find out why I was so scared of being put under and all this stuff came up and it was mm. pretty cool pretty cool experience because like I just like talked about it and we kind of yucked it up a bit and and uh it was just kind of interesting and funny and like I felt that I definitely got um a lot out of it it doesn't mean that I'm not scared of what comes after death anymore but it was interesting that like to get that out there and I never really told too many people about it. I mean, I guess everybody's gonna know after they listen to the podcast which is fine it's mm-hmm. not embarrassing like this like giant you know entity of of christianity like brainwashed a bunch of really young kids and i think it's kind of evil in a way um anyway yeah 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 it was just like uh cool to work through it so are you going to continue to see her yeah um there's no appointment she just was like yeah this was really nice and like uh if you want to come see me come see me so i'm gonna as soon as i find out when my um when my surgery date is around the time, like maybe like three or four days before I go in for surgery, I'm going to try to meet with her because I know that I'll have some apprehension and anxiety about it. And so, um, yeah, and she was really nice. It, it was, it wasn't like, uh, you know, tell me why you hate your family. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like yeah. digging or anything. It was just really smooth and like natural. Yeah, and yeah. it's interesting how sort of you start talking and then it goes somewhere you weren't expecting and then you kind of go, oh, well, maybe that's part of the reason why I have an issue here or whatever. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like this podcast in a way too because I were, as always, I was always, I'm always worried that I'm not going to have anything interesting or anything to say. Like I really didn't do much this week. And I was like, even when I was talking to you, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not doing much. I don't really have much to talk about, but here we are already like, you know, 20 minutes in and I, we've been just having this conversation. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting how that works. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love it when it works like that. I think we always have this um, before we start talking kind of, what are we going to talk about if there's no big psychic fair or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but it uh, kind of goes into a place where we find something that's really genuine and, um, and th- th- those are cool little roads we go down 
Um, so you are probably going to get surgery after, uh, after Christmas, it sounds like. And then the timeline after that is kind of just recovery yeah. and maybe working in the new year. Is that sort of your outlook for 2024? Well, I think it's going to be a long recovery. Um, I'm really nervous about having like the colostomy bag. Um, yeah. Tell me about that. Like, have you, do you know anything about that? Does it come off like your hip or how does it, um... I don't know much about it and I don't really want it. It's kind of, again, like I'm not going to research it cause I think it'll bum me out. Mm. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'm like, as a recently single human, like uh, I kind of want to get out there a little bit and like yeah. meet, some, meet some people. And, uh, it's going to be a weird, it's, it's all going to be weird because like, even now I'm on a couple of the dating apps and like, what am I going to do? Like meet somebody and then go out for a drink and then be like, Oh, by the way, like I have a stage four cancer and like, you know, yeah, no, it's not, it's not fair to the person, whoever that may be that I would go on a date on. So I know that it's going to, I know that it's going to take a while to, for me to get used to having it. And like, you know, I'm awkward enough as it is, like, <laughs> and then having like a bag of poop attached to me, like trying to get intimate with someone that would be very crappy with the, no pun intended. No pun intended. Is it a permanent, yeah. is it, would it be permanent or do you know? It, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, But it's going to be until I'm all healed up and like, yeah. So basically it's going to take like probably like six to eight weeks yeah. after the surgery and then. And then after that, um, who knows? But my tw- 2024 is like, after, like I would say probably like after a couple of months of recouping, then there's another month of chemo followed by recouping from that. And then who knows? I might like pick up a shift or two as a substitute teacher, but I might just like honestly like take the rest of the time and go back to work. September of 2024 I think yeah definitely don't rush it man because you have come this far and I think a lot of times when you're recovering like say from an injury you start to feel better like you're if you pull your hamstring like we've seen Mm. it so many times just watching football or whatever you pull your hamstring you come back it's a little too early and then you're sort of set again again yeah so don't rush it yeah yeah, I'm not going to rush it, which is good. And like in the summer, I have some nice plans. Like I'm going to go see everybody in Vancouver, you nice. included. And like me and and some of my friends from Fredericton, we just bought no effects tickets for their final tour in Montreal. So we're going to go to Montreal for a few days and see no effects, which will be very funny um, because it's basically the same group of people that I went and saw no effects with like 15 years ago in Halifax. Yeah, yeah. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be silly, but I'm I'm looking forward to you know having a summer where I can enjoy it, but also like just really take it easy and and you know I'm just looking out the window right now and it's been snowing for like 24 hours here in Fredericton and it's like I haven't left my place in in that amount of time and I'm dreading having to shovel and clean off the car. So summertime could be good. Hopefully I'll be I'm gonna knock on wood again, but hopefully I'll be cancer free by then and. And be able to, you know, have a have a little party in the park like we used to do in Vancouver. Mm, absolutely, man. And go see some Canadians baseball games and, you know, go to some nice dinners and stuff. This is a surgery that's super common, too. It's not like you're getting some sort of experimental thing where 
you know, it's like a one in a hundred chance. Like this is yeah. a super common surgery. This a, a colon cancer is super common. It's not yeah. like attached to your heart or your aorta. Mm-hmm. So it's going to, it's going to be surgery. It's a major surgery and there's a recovery time. Like we said, it's not, we're not going to rush it, but you're definitely, it's one of those routine surgeries. Like when I got, when I was a kid, I got my appendix taken out and I was like, mm-hmm. par- you know, terrified the same way. I'm, I'm, an, am I going to wake up? I was in grade two and it almost exploded. And then I went there and I, they were like, rushed me right into the hospital or right into the emergency surgery right away. And, um, and he's like, you know what? We do these like all the time. Like the guy, the doctor that did it, he was old. He looked like he was like 180 years old, but <laughs> everything went fine. And, you know, thank God that, that it, that it was the way it was. And it was such a routine thing. So, you know, you're not going into some sort of crazy situation. So it looks pretty, I mean, like I said, it's a major surgery, but it looks pretty standard and the outlook looks pretty good for you, I think. Yeah, I, I it's, it's you know, it'll be pretty cool if I can say, yeah, I beat cancer. No kidding. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, and then we would have to start figuring out what our next podcast is going to be all about, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So we were um, to the people out there that are listening. um we're in the process of negotiating and getting another sponsor. And I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but uh, we were talking earlier about donating a portion um, to cancer and stuff like that. But something happened recently that um, makes me want to donate this money, some of this money to a different place. If that's cool with you, Shane. Yeah. Let's let's hear it because I, my only concern is that it goes to the people that deserve it, not to mm-hmm. like, you know, big, big cancer. And then t- 10% goes to the the people who need it. And the rest goes to some board or whatever. So that's yeah, why that would concern. be so bogus, man. Yeah. So um, basically not basically, this is exactly it. Um, a friend of mine um, and someone that I, uh, that was my partner for a very long time, her father recently passed away. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, you probably have. It was it was kind of all over the place, but uh, and he passed away because he uh, had an, had some addiction issues and he had a relapse and ended up getting uh, some heroin that was laced with carfentanil, which is a hundred times stronger than fentanyl. Oh and, my god, a hundred times stronger than fentanyl. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, he and he died, and it's really a sad situation. And so um, I was thinking that we could donate a portion of the money that we get um, to a safe supply uh, place or like something to help out some of the residents of the downtown east side or like a safe injection or something like that, because I think it's really important that um, that people that have addiction issues aren't just rode off and swept underneath the swept underneath the carpet and just being like yeah they could have quit if they wanted to but they just didn't want to you know it's not like that no it's not like that at all i mean we've been in vancouver you know you were there and i was there and we both worked right in kind of the heart of the beast ever yeah right there together and and it's like you get there and at at the start it's kind of a shell shock coming from manitoba i don't know about you from Hmm. fredericton but like Mm -hmm. First, first few months, you're kind of like, why are people like lying on the street or past like leaning against the wall? Like you think, do you call an ambulance every time you see Mm -hmm. somebody and then you kind of normalize it. But then you realize the more you get to know that they're just normal people who have these addictions for whatever reason. And 
you know, I definitely have had, there's been times in my life when I'm trying to, you know, get off something. Um, mm-hmm. And it's tough. And luckily I live in a place where I have a roof over my head and everything like that and yeah. people I can talk to and stuff, but shit, man, I I'm with you on that one for sure. If awesome. you want to um, go that route, that, that works for me. Yeah. I'll talk to, um, mm-hmm. I'll talk to, I don't really, I don't think I'm going to mention her name on here. Yeah, Talk to um, your ex, my friend, ex, your ex yeah. your friend, your ex, but yeah. And, uh, and I still talk to her every now and then and, and stuff so yeah like there's there's definitely some organizations that are uh that are worth donating to so i'll look into it i'll talk to her and then we can make it happen because you know the stigma and and addiction issues and stuff doesn't mean that it's it shouldn't be a death sentence like you know it's just it's sad and to people that are listening that have never been uh, experienced the downtown east side and they only see see what they see on the news you know these people are human beings too and and it's easy to be like ah, oh, these junkies whatever another crackhead or something it's pretty awful to say and and um yeah these people are humans and i think that it's important to help them help anybody out and i've known quite a few people that have passed away because of uh, doing bad drugs in Vancouver. And so this is just, it's another person that I actually knew a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'd be great. I'll do the research and I'll get back to you. That's great, man. I'm shooting this. I do this Christmas concert every year where we shoot um, at the St. James music Academy and they're all, it's like a kind of an underprivileged children go there. Mm-hmm. They go there for free. It's sponsored, but um, like last Christmas, one of the kids, <clears throat> he you know his his older brother who was taking care of him just got busted for something you know drugs and then he was in jail and stuff and this kid's it's christmas time and he's by himself and it's he's like 10 years old you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so these are these people need to be treated with love and respect yeah i agree and it's not just one person that's affected by it like like no it is not just one example this little kid's caregiver ends up getting busted for you know something and then goes to jail and now the kid is in foster care or something for christmas or maybe maybe even longer maybe permanent until he ages out and then has no support system so yeah it's i think the system is a little screwed up and yeah anything we could do to help would would make me feel good around christmas time anyway so you know it's also a little selfish of us but (laughs) but in a good way sometimes selfishness is good i guess yeah and it's just really cool that people are supporting and we're able to do things like that so um we will do an official um thank you and probably do an ad when when the time comes but um for now we'll just say that uh hopefully we have some something to give for christmas before before christmas yeah i think that that's awesome um okay well listen i think i think i'm getting a little tired and i've got to shovel my walk away and do a million things here to to get ready to be out of commission for 48 hours but uh the next time we talk i'll probably be a lot, lot lighter than uh, than uh, what i am now what i'm gonna do and i planned on doing it anyway is i'm gonna weigh myself uh tomorrow morning okay and then i'm going to weigh myself uh in 48 hours and see exactly how much weight i've lost due to pooping 
Okay, well, we can talk after the next time we talk. It'll be after your colonoscopy. Uh, yes, right? yeah, it will because you're going so, yeah, Thursday, we'll, so we'll yeah, we'll chat again on Monday, and I'll have a an update, and hopefully, it won't be as bad as what I'm thinking it's going to be. Okay, buddy. Well, I love you. All the best. Hopefully, you get through this next 48 hours with some good, like you got some John Grisham lined up, or some uh, Prices Right, or some survivor you know, i'm going to be watching just whatever i can it's uh, last time i had to set up my laptop in the bathroom gotcha so, yeah oh god oh my god i don't even want to think about it all right love you buddy i'll talk hey, to man. you in a little bit all Thanks right for man. Listening. and oh yeah let's get some shout outs uh, do you want to give some shout outs shout out to james as always at knock on wood uh studios right um you can find him in the i'm going to put a link to his uh studio in the uh episode notes so you can uh just click on the link and if you need any work done he can uh he'll set you up because he's been awesome for us all right there we go and thanks for listening everybody and i'll talk to you next week all right see you buddy Bye. bye